Hey folks, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And we are here to uh, briefly introduce this next episode to you because it is our 50th episode. Whoa. We have made it to 50 episodes, which in a uh, list of 90 isn't really that special, the number 50. Mm, more but than halfway. Well, we're over halfway. If we my should've... calculations are correct. We should have done something for the 45th episode. Well, for we the should have. Half... But you know what? We didn't. 50 is a nice rounded number. 50 is the more uh, uh, psychologically pleasing number than 45. I think, I think you nailed it. Um, yeah. And so that's really what this is all about. But um, yeah, thank you all to the... We just want to take a moment to say thank you to all the listeners Absolutely. who have uh, joined us so far for this uh, now going on over a year that we've been doing this show. Um, it's been honestly one of the... Uh, better elements of my life granted i did have a child in 2017 <laughs> but since uh the birth of my child this has been the next best thing to enter my life i will say that i've had a lot of fun doing it uh, uh yeah after jared's the birth of jared's child uh yep and um and yeah, so that that's just that's just us saying uh, thank you to the listeners who have joined us so far. Thank you so much. And uh, we just the technical difficulties and the the, the the digressions and the hey, it's a learning experience. The biased opinions. We're 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 learning as we go. That's right. Um, um, and uh, as evidence uh, by this episode that you're about to listen to. This is uh, an episode that we recorded for our very special 50th episode. We wanted to have a very special guest on, so we are oh, uh, uh, joined by Sean Gerber from the Marvel Studios News podcast, as well as the Fandalorians podcast. Hey. And uh, disclaimer. Yeah, it's the first one we ever did through uh, a Skype uh, conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you see, he's in a little place called Los Angeles. And, and we're, we're in, uh, we're in we'll the just, we'll Chicago. Just, we'll just call it Chicago. Chicagoland area. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the we had some audio troubles um, with the, the Skype conversation. Um, so... His audio is uh, probably the worst audio that we've had on this show. For our very special 50th episode, we are celebrating with the worst audio possible. But hey, what you're hearing right now is yeah. the fancy new microphones that we Do bought. Do you like that? Do you like what's hitting your ears right now? If it sounds pleasing to you, then you should know that going forward, it's going to sound more like this. There's a couple episodes that were recorded before the microphones uh, were delivered, but... Uh, Going forward, the show will sound a lot better. 51 and beyond. Yeah. Maybe 52 yeah. or 3 every, and beyond. Uh, let's put it this way. Every year, we'll do some kind of improvement yeah, until we can't Yeah, it's just going to get anything. better. It's just going to get better, guys. And hey, listen to this episode. This is a good episode. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Absolutely. This is uh, one of the one of the better uh, conversations that great conversation we had on the show. Great conversation with Sean. And the, don't let the audio get in the way. This is a great conversation about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that is where we are going to let you listen to the show so for one last time thank you so far for listening to us up until now and please continue to listen to us and we will mention again at the end of the show you can always follow us on twitter and email us but we'll get to that later but for now uh let's start the show hello i'm jeremy eden i'm dan eden i'm sean gerber and this is 90 under 90 90 movies under 90 minutes jumping into it this is a movie called batman mask of the phantasm from 1993 clocking in at 76 minutes this movie just celebrated its 25th anniversary this That's past right. christmas Congratulations. and uh, 
We were happy um, birthday, ma- mask of the phantasm. Yes. Uh, do they ever? Do they ever say the word phantasm in the movie? No, I can't. I don't believe they. Uh, they yeah, say. No, hey. I don't think they do. Yeah. You know, I was reading a description, and they like refer to the phantasm as the figure. Like, I, did they just come up with it because it just sounded cool later? Because it is a cool name. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, a pretty bomb title. Uh, it's a bomb title. It's a bomb title. It's a bomb-ass movie. And by the way, this movie was directed by Eric Radomski and Bruce W. Tim, oh. as he's uh, referred to in the credits of this, and uh, as well as some uh, additional sequence directors. But let's be honest here, probably the real director of this movie is uh, Andrea Romano, um, the voice uh, c- credited as voice supervision uh, and direction or something like that in the title of this. But let's be honest, I mean, she was really the... Uh, performance director of the uh, of the Batman animated series as well as this movie guiding the great Kevin Conroy Mark Hamill who's uh, uh you know in the pantheon of Batman a lot of people say Conroy's their favorite uh Sean where where's this uh chalk up for you um I mean it's different I mean he's obviously my favorite animated Batman but I don't really get into comparing Kevin Conroy to Christian Bale or Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck because it is a different thing. I mean, I'm, I don't want I don't want to demean voice acting. It, it is acting, but at the same time, there are certain things that you don't have to do as a voice actor that you have to do uh, as a live action film actor, like yeah. you're actually on camera. Um, so it's it is uh, it's all still acting. But it's not entirely the same thing, and so I, I don't think it's worth uh, comparing. Apples and oranges. Yeah. 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 yeah it's like uh, I don't. I don't think Kevin Conroy's uh, lifting a bunch of weights before going into the recording booth. For, <laughs> He's not uh, doing the CrossFit. You I, know I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe for his own benefit, but not to really get the performance down. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I mean, voice acting. You go into your booth. Although I think they did a lot of this one with people performing together but still oh. it's you go in for a few hours you say your lines but as opposed to being on set for a 10 or 12 hour day in the costume and the batman costume notoriously sucks ask <laughs> anybody who's ever played batman besides adam west that's true and, yeah. co- and even he probably didn't like the costume that he had <laughs> sure uh, but ever since they went into like black rubber costumes like nobody's liked that yeah i wonder if like christian bale sits back and he's like he's not he's not a fucking batman no he never no. wore the fucking suit <laughs> no he didn't put on the suit he's not the batman he's, he's never been a batman we're done professionally uh that's a that's a fresh reference isn't it yeah, yeah. Okay. That was just like, it was uh, just a yesterday. Yeah. So this is pretty cool. It opens with like a CG animated like copter shot through the uh, very deserted streets of Gotham, through the buildings. And we've never really seen anything like that. You could tell they had a budget with this film. Well, and, I mean, we to be fair, we did kind of see something like this in Beetlejuice, but in live action. Um, no, I mean like in the Batman animated series. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. This was where they blew the theatrical budget was just this <laughs> opening sequence. It's, it was all opening titles. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just the, They're like, yeah. well, there it is. Um don't worry about those blurry shots that are in the movie later on. Um and uh this was theatrically released on Christmas 93. Uh yeah. how far into the series were they? This was like between the first and second seasons or something like that, right? Yeah, well the the episode the first uh Batman the Animated Series premiered in September of 92, so this was a little less than a year and a half after that. Right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, like, to balance the... Because they were still regularly releasing episodes. They didn't take a break for this movie, did they? No, 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 no they no. didn't, and I think that's part of the reason it 
made zero impact at the box office is it was a show at this point batman the anime series was still airing monday through friday and then wow. i think it was still doing saturdays as well so it was doing five at least five maybe also six days a week and so with people getting that much free batman uh, or batman the animated series nobody besides me and, and a few others were willing to pay to go watch this one yeah people back then are like i'm not gonna go pay four whole dollars at the movie theater for this Oh, look, the pop, $2 for a bucket of popcorn? Oh, my God. We're $20 deep at that point. We're not going to waste our money. I'm sorry. I just can't yeah, do it. Yeah, no, I went, uh, I went with my family, and uh, we went the day after Christmas because we're not a family that goes to the movies on Christmas, much to my dismay in uh. 1993. But uh, <laughs> we went the day after, and, yeah, it was not a very crowded theater. I think it was us and maybe one or two other parties. Uh, very small groups <laughs> watching the movie. We were just having we were just having this discussion before we started recording. I asked him if he we if he remembered seeing this movie because there were two times in our childhood that I remember going to the movie theater and there being nobody else in the theater, maybe one or two other families at the top. One of them was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> um, and the other one I really thought was this movie, but I also kind of remember not getting a chance to see this movie because yeah. it, I don't think it lasted too long in the, uh, in the theaters. You know, I know the audience is on the edge of their seat. They want to know if we saw it in the theater as kids, but I yeah. don't know. Let's press on. That's a mystery that will remain unsolved for the remainder of the podcast there's some epic version of the uh the main animated theme with a chorus a choir of uh singers as we're going through gotham here yeah and to me we i've been watching the show recently and it's like i'm glad i have because i actually want to bring that up at the end of this um because to be honest with these spoilers as, as as lauded as this film is, and it is and it's a very good this is my stupid cat uh, <laughs> as lauded as this is um I, I, I think it, it could have been just a couple episodes, or maybe a few episodes, except it, there are things that make it more cinematic, and, and I'll get into why it is a movie and why it's, it's not an episode, but also why I think a certain other episode might lend itself better to a film. To be honest with you, I would probably give this like a, a 7 out of 10. I love the animated series, but I, I think it was a little late in the game, because we're about a season and a half in of seeing... Um, the show to get back to the origin of Batman, which is what we're doing. I, did you guys were you asking for that? Did you want to see how we started, and do you want to see it in the flashbacks of this movie? You know. Well, how about I'll let Sean go first. Um, I had no problem with seeing the origin again. I mean, that wasn't the hook for me because <laughs> I was ten and a half when this movie came out, and so it was. I was very well versed in Batman's origin from comic books to the 89 film with Michael Keaton, and obviously that's a different version of it because Joker didn't kill Batman's parents. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I, I was fine with it, but it wasn't the hook. The hook for me was Joker's in this movie. Mm -hmm. At that point, I already loved Mark Hamill's Joker, and I was obsessed with Phantasm because I just thought that was such a cool looking character, which I know was a take on the Reaper from the comic books, but mm. the Reaper was probably not a kid-friendly enough name, so they went with Phantasm instead, even though they don't actually use it in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it was all, all about that, and it was just, to, I loved Batman the Animated Series. That was my number one jam as a kid. I knew about Batman the Animated Series and was waiting for that months and months and months before it ever premiered on Fox. 
and then of course was tracking this movie the entire time. So mm -hmm. uh, I was ready for it. I was amped for it. It didn't really matter whether Batman's origin was going to be part of it or not. I got to know. I'm sorry to veer off again. Do you have a favorite episode of animated series? No, I don't have one. Um, I mean, there's some great ones. Everybody loves Almost Got Him. Oh, all yeah. Ones, talking about the time they came closest to offing Batman. Everybody loves I Am the Knight. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty good one. I have a favorite. My favorite, joke, yeah, my favorite Joker episode is the first one that aired. The mm -hmm. first one when you buy the Blu-ray or the DVD is Christmas with the Joker. But mm -hmm. the first one that actually aired was Joker's Favor. Uh, and that's one of my all-time favorite Batman the Animated Series episodes and my favorite Joker episode. I love that one. That one focuses on the, the just the small-time... Uh hapless guy yep. who gets tangled in uh, the joker web my favorite i guess would have to be if you're so smart why aren't you rich and yeah. which was 42 oh, episodes in did we get a riddler origin it was uh yeah it took them 42 episodes to go oh yeah riddler like <laughs> we should uh we should we did we made mr freeze cool yeah. i think we need to fix the riddler yeah um Jer, show him your tattoo yeah that's true i have a uh, uh, uh <laughs> oh, nice. a riddler tattoo on my arm here this is great for the audio podcast is uh showing off my tattoo uh so we're at the the shady lady which is you know a great on uh, you know uh, on the level business for uh you mm -hmm. know some some classic I, I would i would not question a place called shady lady at all i would assume that everything is on the up and up <laughs> So we have some a, a table of mobsters. They say, "Welcome to the generic mobster money laundering meeting. I'm generic mobster number one. That's generic mobster number two. Hey, how you doing? I'm generic mobster number two. Uh, I'm the muscle here. And then we get kind of to me, it's not. It's pretty badass. The Batman entrance. And me, I'm kind of big on character entrances, especially when you're going to do a film adaptation of a really cool series of a really cool character. He just kind of flies in. He's in the shadows. Yeah. You cue that theme. He kicks some ass. Well, the best part to me is him stomping on the table of the guy. Yes, <laughs> yes, that that is the. He didn't, he didn't pull that stuff on TV. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, there's like we only got 22 minutes. We're gonna zip along here, but yeah, yeah the um, Batman's just a bit more brutal here. And mm -hmm. I love it. He's just a bit more Batman. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was just about to say insult to injury, Batman. You know, he's this ain't your daddy's Batman. But I read online and I. Call me ignorant, but I saw on, on Google that does this movie take place in the 40s? Because someone seems to think it does. It no. says set in the 1940s. Overall, yeah, it's the overall design of Batman the Animated Series, but it was designed to kind of be timeless and, mm -hmm. you know, taking place in any potential, uh, taking place in different, uh, you know, it could have taken place in any time period. It's not set in a specific year. Right, yeah, That's much like much like uh, you know the nineteen eighty nine Batman, with the exception of uh, uh, the prince playing all over the place, <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily know that it's nineteen eighty nine. I guess so. Right. Uh, and yeah, now we meet the the figure, the phantasm, and yes. this is also kind of to me uh, a, a way to an introduction to a character that's a bit anticlimactic. You know, like showing the fan. He just kind of emerges from a cloud and intimidates uh, one particular gangster who's getting away in a car, and that's uh, Chucky Soul. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's certainly a mysterious character. I mean, for something. It's for, a great design. Don't get me wrong. Love the design. For a character that we've never met before, um, mm. I, I do think it does the job of going like, what, "What's going on? I want to know more about this. Where's that smoke coming from? If nothing else, I want to know where that yeah, smoke yeah. is coming from." <laughs> And to create a character for the movie and only the movie, it doesn't come back in the series. It's kind of a ballsy Definitely. move, I think, for the writers. 
so he says uh, the phantasm in a very masked voice, distorted, says an angel of death awaits. I want you. I want you. <laughs> and he's got a really cool gauntlet. That's like a big selling point for the phantasm. Then it seems to have like a vanished like teleportation. Yeah, uh, there's, there, there's some magician shit going on in this with this there's phantasm. Some, there, there's a there's a power that a human doesn't have, even though the character is human with no superpowers. It's yeah. Mysterio, it's okay. like yeah, I guess. I guess, and that's another thing that does lend the uh, the self to the the animated uh, format to Absolute, the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's this is a really badass scene. They're in a, a parking garage, and it's it's unlike a, the upper levels of a building. It's not ground level. Mm-hmm. And uh, the phantasm clings to the windshield, breaks through, very scary stuff, uh, music's ramping up, and the uh, phantasm just evades getting hit by Chucky's car, and that causes Chucky's car to smash over the barrier and across the fucking street. Oh, to, yeah. Uh, another it's like building. Lethal Weapon 4. Like he's, like, he's practically driving through a building. And Chuck, does Chucky die there? Yes. That yes, that cool. is ballsy. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. they don't uh, in the animated series. Didn't they have like a rule where like if someone fell from a very uh, tall distance, they'd have to make a noise? Well, there's like to signify that they were still alive. There were definitely rules yeah. like there's no blood. They would usually fall into water, and then you would see their head kind of pop up. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things were different. Uh, you know, Joker, and the anim- in the television show when he uses his joker venom people just keep laughing but here like sal oh yeah uh, sal balestra actually is dead and so there were they could make things a little more lethal but they send the message i mean in that confrontation in the parking garage uh after phantasm shatters the windshield that chucky saw is in you see the blood on his chin yeah uh, and we see blood in uh, a few times throughout this movie and that was not part of the television show so there were certain things that they were allowed to get away with here that they couldn't as a uh, daytime TV show. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, since you mentioned it, I mean, we'll get to it, uh, but yeah, the uh, the intensity of the Joker toxin in this movie is, is uh, mm-hmm. I was, I had forgotten all about, like, yes. it really yeah. shows it's you, like, the, scarier in this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, this is the first time, like, even in Tim Burton's movie, you're like, you're kind of like, well, they just kind of, like, laugh and then kind of just pass out um, yeah. or die, you know, right there. But this like really shows like the pain and the anguish the of the like of that of, yeah. of the effect. I felt it in my abdomen. You ever like la- you laugh so hard that it hurts? Yeah. Now I'm like imagine dying from that. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, that's, that's grim. He's not messing around. So in this one, uh, the car. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I look at my nose. There's a press conference after this scene after Chucky yeah. dies, and the character Art. He's a city councilman. What's his last name? Art. Uh, Reeves. Thank Reeves. you. He's uh, he does not like Batman. Oh, ain't it the ain't it the way in ah, Gotham? Those know? people of of of, of it authority. It would be a Batman movie if there's not a press conference denouncing Batman. I just so. want one movie where he's like, yeah, he's really he's really helping us uh, out. Thank you, Batman, for everything that you have done for the city. Um, I get to see your my dollar, family by the way way more often now because of. Uh, I got to you. take a vacation for the first time in eight years because the <laughs> Batman, yeah, took Mister Freeze off the streets. Uh, city councilman's not into it. Gordon, of course, is there, and he's got his arms folded because he supports Batman. God damn it! Yeah. And no, he... no, no. Yeah, the Batman didn't do it. Uh, that's not a very good <laughs> no. trying to do it. <laughs> I took a stab at it for the first time. I probably should have tried that yeah, off camera. First. You, you need to practice it. Go. go All right, I'll work on my, I'll work on my Bob Hastings impression for when it comes up again. Oh, good name drop though. You know, Gordon doesn't get a lot of um, uh, time in this movie. 
uh, kind of gets the short shrift. But this is a Batman movie. It's a more, yeah. it's actually a Bruce Wayne movie, I would argue. That I would say, and I got, I don't want to get too ahead, but this is this is an internal stakes movie. This is a character building movie, and I think right. for me, if if you're going to lend yourself to the cinematic treatment, I think I what I needed was a little more external stake. I, I didn't quite get where I needed it to be. To me, it seems like a kind of a basic mobster murder mystery, and with high personal stakes for Bruce and Andrea. And uh, to me, I, I need like that that big global event, I guess, for me personally. I would I would say that the story um, does what they could not do on the show, but maybe doesn't quite do what they could do in a you know a full live action Batman movie, which you know is what you're looking for. More so. What do you think, Sean? Um, I don't mind the external stakes being low because, yeah, the only people getting bumped off are horrible mobster criminals who murdered plenty of people. So I'm not really worried about that. What's at stake are the souls of the people involved and that the happiness and mental and emotional well-being of the protagonist in the story or even if somebody split down the middle like Andrea Beaumont, spoiler alert, Phantasm. uh, God damn it, Sean. I'm actually okay with that, and I do think that actually more superhero movies today could benefit from taking a page out of this, because if the world's always at stake, I think people tend Mm. to get bored with that, and we already see people kind of complain and roll their eyes at that now. So I think if you don't find a way to find stakes in other places than the whole world's going to end or the city's gonna blow up or, or whatever then uh and the, the genre can't last that much longer although it's gonna last several more years <laughs> basically well, I, do ba- this would, I do think this would help keep things uh keep things fresh yeah dan dan is just searching for a, a, a giant beam shooting into <laughs> hey, the sky for hey this now <laughs> hey now i mean who doesn't love the beam i mean i'm Everybody not i'm, I'm still not beam. sick of the beam I, you know <laughs> give me that I'm beam. waiting for a movie called the beam where I'm waiting for a superhero called the Beam, who just turns into a giant beam, and then everybody comes. Uh, Does he fight a beam at the end? Though? No, he just everybody comes to him, and then he zaps them all. It's just a giant fly zapper. I like it. It's a thinking man superhero movie, and that's yeah. what I like about. It. I appreciate about that. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you. I've been working on that for a while. So, um, the press conference, Gordon's like, yeah, you know, Batman's he's he's all right, and then the city councilman he goes, no, he's not, and then that's it. Yeah, let me move on. Let me move on. Uh, we get a piece of Chucky's windshield as a clue. You know, Batman, he's a fucking great detective. Okay? He's, he's more detective in this than any other Batman movie so far. He's the world's greatest detective. And he finds a piece. Anyway, he's got a piece of Chucky's windshield. That's the clue that's going to send him uh, on his journey to, to get to the bottom of uh, why this Chucky guy was knocked off. So uh, now we get a phone call. It's Art, the city councilman. And a lady. She's on a plane. We don't know who she is. Mystery woman. I don't know. Is it Poison Ivy? Kind of looks like Poison Ivy if you don't know any better. Let me tell you something. Gotham is flush with redheads. Attractive redheads, if I may say so. Yeah. Uh, attractive redhead ladies in Gotham. If you want to go to go to Gotham. If you're, looking, if you're looking for a redhead, you get yourself to Gotham. Yeah. Sorry, I thought of when I thought of Aquaman and yeah. I thought of redheads. Yeah. Uh, I got it. All right. So um, she knows Bruce. There's like illusions that she knows Bruce. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe Art has a little thing for her also. Yeah. But her and Bruce are ancient history or whatever uh, she says there, you know. Now we're at a swanky party, and it's mm. at Wayne Manor. Yep. Isn't it? He he's throws the, the his parties at the tops. 
at Wayne Manor. I'll tell you what. Very progressive they Bruce sure Wayne. Are. Do you guys know how the scene starts though? It's, Sean, it's like a it's like a like a panning shot, and it's just a guy just yeah. cracking up with yeah. his day. Like <laughs> he's having a great time. Yeah. I'm not the sure part why. That I remember the most is spelling engagement with an I. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's a there's a gaggle of ladies around Bruce, and of course they want a piece of the Bruce, his big square body, and again, <laughs> they, they want a piece. They want to climb that rectangle, is what they want, and. Yeah, it's uh, I was like I said, it's kind of progressive of Bruce. He's with a a woman of color in 1993. You don't in see that in 1943. Very often. I guess. Yeah, I don't you know. know. So uh, uh, yeah, way to cool. go, way to, way to cool. go. Um, never say the M word around Bruce. That's yeah. what they say. And uh, yep. And then the redhead throws a drink in his face. Another redhead? No, it's the same redhead. Oh gosh, yeah. I was gonna say there's so many redheads. It turns out it's a little someone named uh, Andrea Beaumont. Ooh. Yeah, now that's a name. And uh, what happens here? The councilman catches up with him. He kind of gives him a little shit because uh, not only does city councilman not like Batman, he doesn't like Bruce Wayne either. It would seem. No. He he alludes to how they he uh, let Andrea get away. Yeah, yeah, and, and Bruce doesn't like that. He really really uh, hits below the belt there. Bruce is like, shove it up your ass, you know, and so, and so much. No, he says, thanks for the handkerchief. You know where you could stick it. You know where you can stick it. <laughs> now, let's just talk about Kevin Conroy here for a second, since we're doing the impression already. Um, can you ever read a comic book without hearing his voice now? A, a Batman comic? I can, I sh- actually. Yeah? I can. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, Kevin Conroy's voice to me was... I mean, sometimes if I was reading comic books based on Batman the Animated Series, because there were comics based on that right. a long time ago, uh, I would hear his voice, but he didn't totally... Maybe Sometimes I would hear his voice when I was reading comics, but he didn't completely take over you know, the, the voice of Batman in my own little headcanon, because I had already seen multiple versions of Batman, so there wasn't really one Batman voice to me. Oh, despite the many, I had you know I was familiar with Adam West and Michael Keaton myself, but yeah, once Kevin Conroy started, you know, like once I was watching him every single day after school, that's it. That's yeah. I, I can't listen to, I can't wa- read a Batman story now without I, hearing yeah. the voice, and I'm not complaining about that either. I, I I don't think I'm the only one who said this. I've said this on the show before. I think Keaton should voice Batman in an animated uh, movie. I think it would be really cool. To hear him it just play the the dark knight again just in voice form i think keaton should play batman again in a live action Ooh, movie but, or at right. least bruce wayne hey i'm I into that, that too. totally happened they should bring tim burton back and make a sequel to batman returns how or wow or yeah no really great yeah i was gonna yeah i was gonna go <laughs> a different way but... wants, i know everybody wants michael keaton and batman beyond sorry everyone batman nah. beyond sucks sean <laughs> gerber's hot bad. batman beyond take you got it here on 90 like batman beyond the only reason what's the best thing about batman beyond return of the joker which brings things back to bruce wayne <laughs> yeah, that's joker. true so you know terry mcginnis no thank you hard pass <laughs> Uh, I would rather. You know, I would like be Michael Keaton as an older Bruce Wayne in something, and if it has to be Batman Beyond, fine, I'll take, uh, I'll take it. You know, Sean, Will Friedle is listening right now, and he is pissed. He is so That's mad. Okay. At you. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Because I don't think he's really that much of a threat, so it's okay. You know, right or strong, he's now a threat. I can disappoint him. It's fair. Like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's mutual. I was gonna say, I think that uh, it would be nice to. Um, to revisit just the Burton universe. I know that they 
pitched a comic series about this, but to do like a Batman 89 universe uh, animated movie to see like what Tim Burton's, you know, Batman three would have been. Um, they should, at the very least, they should do that. Yeah. At the very least, they should, they should uh, take that route. But I, I would say go for it in live action. Would yeah. you guys want to see... Uh... Now, now that they're doing Elseworld mm-hmm. stuff, they're doing this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, how yeah. hard would it be to create a standalone threequel to those movies from you know 89 and 92? They should do it. Or yeah. even, uh, uh, what is it, Triumphant, which was uh, the Schumacher third one? Oh, yeah, the... Uh, the... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> how about Morbid <laughs> Curiosity? I... I, I do want to see the Jack Nicholson Joker scarecrow scene. Mm, so mm-hmm. if they could find a way to work that into a, a movie, fine. But just work that into the Keaton and Burton one. Just steal that idea. Mm-hmm. Just animate that scene and put it online. We don't need anything else beyond that. Any yeah. Flash animators yeah, out I there? Kinda would, I kind of would want to see Jack as Joker one more time. That would be pretty rad. Mm. So they got to get on that. Yeah. Um... We, we, now we, this is the framing device of the movie. We do these intermittent flashbacks to Bruce's uh, backstory with Andrea. And now he's, he's brooding. He's staring at his parents' portrait at the mansion. And then that's we, we kind of do a little flashback here. We're at the uh, graveyard. And uh, it's interesting because um, on the Wikipedia entry, it has a linear plot summary. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a movie where I would say the the framing device and 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 when the flashbacks come and 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 how much information they dole out through each one contributes to the uh, the unfolding of the mystery. They go hand in hand because mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting because I read the the summary before uh, after I watched the movie and it, it it lays out all of the Bruce Andrea back like the the Dear John letter why he became Batman and then present day and I'll tell you you can easily tell where the story's gonna go if. You, if you were presented that way. Yeah. So I really do yeah. think the way that they do dole out the information is pretty artfully done in the movie. Um, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it allows you to keep the mystery that Phantasm is not Andrea Beaumont. It's it's her father, and Stacy Keach voices both the father and Phantasm, so that helps. Ah, <laughs> that I did not know. Yeah, the, uh, but as far as, yeah, the, the framing device and feeding into the mystery, I just remember as a kid, I mean, I liked the flashbacks, but it was almost like the medicine you had to take to get back to Thank Batman. you. And I but, feel that way now at, at 30, to be honest with you. And I know it's like it's important character like building. More, yeah, I actually yeah. like it more now. But yeah, as a, as a kid, it wasn't my favorite part of the film. Yeah, I, I like I to me, sometimes a flashback helps a story. Sometimes it, it kind of just stops a story dead. I wouldn't say it does that in this, but I don't think it... it Sometimes the momentum of the present day story is really what I'm into, and then all right, let's let's see well, a little bit of World's Fair action here. Yeah, honestly, you know? just as a kid, you're just like, "Where's the Joker? Like, how? Why, why is there no Joker yet? You know?" That's what I was thinking. I do remember feeling that way as a child, but yeah, I, yeah, mean, I appreciate it more now. Yeah, what was great about the flashbacks, though, is I did like the pre-Batman action sequences; those mm-hmm. were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, what was kind of important about that is. Something that the animated series touched on, but I don't think it ever really got into it as much as this movie did, is that being Batman kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it's not really a fate that one wants. Uh, because as a kid, you're not really challenged with that. You mostly just think being Batman is cool because he has a dope costume, the car's rad, who doesn't want a Batcave? I still want one at 35. <laughs> yeah. But you don't want to actually be... or but, now, but then you watch something like this, and you're like, oh, being Batman kind of sucks. And there was a time when he almost... You know, almost skipped doing it 
uh, because that was there was an, an option to actually go and have a happy life, which means conversely that being Batman is not a happy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a kid, that's this was uh, this movie was very important in really kind of defining that for me because I don't think the the Fox show had gotten into it quite the way this one did. Uh, yeah, especially later on in the movie, it really shows like almost it, like it it's the best that this animated children's movie can do at showing Bruce Wayne's psychotic devotion to being Batman, yeah. you know? It's like hey, he, he's you know, begging his parents. is miserable. Yeah. <laughs> what is that profound line he says at the grave? He says, I didn't think I was going to be happy. Yeah, I didn't think it was a possibility. That or... is, that's very, uh, wow, tra- very tragic. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I love this line here at the going back. Let's get back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my, you know, it would have been a great segue if I didn't say, let's get back. Yeah. But, you know. But that's okay. You ruined it and we'll move on. At the graveyard, the redhead, uh, it's Andrea. Yeah. She's talking to her mother's grave. And uh, she's having like a conversation where she's like responding back. And, and Bruce is uh, visiting his parents' grave. This is a flashback. And uh, he thinks that Andrea's talking to him. And as he walks away, just one last time, he's like, are you sure you're not talking to me? And then they get to talking. And I think she says a line that I think is really uh, profound for anyone who's in mourning. And it's, uh, when I talk to her aloud, I can imagine what she says. And uh, I think we've all had that sort of conversations mm-hmm. with nobody. I think that's a, such a, like, for a kid's movie... It's, 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 it's look it's, the animated series along with this movie was never shy of depth for children like yeah. you know they, they went deep with this stuff and mm-hmm. uh and yeah it's definitely i having been in this situation ourselves like we lost our mother uh we know what it's like to to mourn and to have those conversations too so yeah it's uh i know what it's like to have a conversation with my mom at her grave and a vigilante says, are you sure you're not talking to me? And I say, yes. Yeah, mind your own goddamn business. Fuck right off, man. I'm Jesus. trying to talk to my dead mom. Okay, so anyway, a little while down the road, uh, old vigilante Bruce is uh, breaking up a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my notes here. Um He's nervous, and this is cool because you know you you get to see Bruce a little uneasy. He's got that rudimentary costume. Yeah, it's kind of year one a yeah. little bit. He's nervous. He jumps in it though. He throws like these stars, these Chinese stars, yeah. at the guys. They're kind of laughing at him. Fights hand to hand. Manages to grab the back of a semi in a high speed chase on a bridge. Yeah, and uh, the driver is animated. He kind of looked like Chris Pine. I took a note of that. I don't know if you guys thought that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't catch that. I was like, is Chris Pine driving this truck? Anyway, uh, you know, everybody looks like Chris Pine to me. He's just such. He's so. Uh, he's such a snack. More like you just wish everybody. Yeah. You just imagine everybody to look like <laughs> yeah. Chris Pine. Yeah. So a high-speed chase on the bridge with the cops. They get fucked. Yeah. Uh, Bruce uses a hammer. <laughs> he's, he's Hammer Man for uh, a little while, I guess, in his back. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> Used to be it's a screwdriver. It's a utility belt, so he doesn't have all the gadgets that he might normally. It's a tool belt. It's yeah, literally it's like just a, a literal tool, tool belt. <laughs> it's like, well, a hammer goes here, so. Yeah, this is Home Depot Batman. Yeah. <laughs> he tries to break the windshield. Uh... And then he, he ruins the tires with some spiky balls. Nice work. Good thing he's got those spiky balls with him. You know, spiky balls always come up big. If any, like, you cannot go into a car chase without having a good handful of spiky balls on you. Otherwise, you're just, you're screwed. Just forget the whole thing. Turn yourself in. <laughs> so he, he stops the truck. And then uh, Bruce is it's still in the flashback. He's doing jujitsu in his yard. Yes. Now, did you notice, I'm sorry, in that, uh, did, 
it's a little unclear, but was that like was that a baby bullock that he got into a car accident with? Yes, it was. Yeah. Ah, 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 see, I caught it. Well, very good. Uh, and he needs to strike fear in he's, them. He's um, doing jujitsu, but that's not jujitsu. It's not. They just wanted to say it because it sounded cool to set up the Zuntai <laughs> joke, but that's not jujitsu. No, I you know it fooled is me. Ground-based combat. It's not standing and punching. <laughs> <and kicking. laughs> well, it's not as uh, it's, it's a little more of a challenge for the animators to get that figure that one out, detective. Well, to have somebody doing jujitsu by themselves would look extremely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, can you animate a seizure? Do you know what that looks like? So he needs to strike fear in his enemies. Very Batman begins like that theme of fear and how well, This it... is pre-Batman begins so it shows where they got the idea. Oh, yeah. Yes. Psychologically grounding the choice to be Batman. Of Like, yes, it's crazy. Why did a guy... We understand the motivation of why he wants to get revenge on criminals for the death of his parents, but why a bat? And so to mm-hmm. actually say, like, well... I need something to be scary because when I showed up to fight these criminals, all they did was laugh at me. They laughed at my spiky balls. <laughs> they laughed at me because I looked ridiculous. I need something that scares them. Did the hammer work, sir? The hammer did not work, Alfred. God damn it. So, uh, he, yeah, he needs to strike fear. And Andrea shows up. She calls him out on not calling her. That cad... That masher, <laughs> he doesn't. She doesn't call. He doesn't call. So they get in you know, a little bit of a fight, and this is a little jujitsu, right? Because they get on the ground. Yes. Yeah, yes. it gets a bit rough. I don't know. It gets a little fucky for me. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Bruce. Jared doesn't like movies that get too fucky. No, I, that's, in quotations. That's, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's that's something that I look out for in movies, and I, I, I steer get, away. So you don't watch. You don't watch porn. You don't. Every sex scene you skip in the movie. All that stuff. Okay. It's her arms down. It's a bit much. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, uh, it's a little forceful. And I mean, don't, don't let, let's not forget that he gets a little psycho emo stalkery in a little while well, going on yeah. here. But yeah, what well, you mean when he's watching? I'm, I'm doing detective work. I'm, I'm, it's art. I was looking at art. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, I think I saw some exposed kneecaps too in this scene. Ooh, yowza, yowza. Yeah, indeed. Uh huh. So they get in a fight. It gets a bit rough, but they kiss. And then, like, this is one of the couple moments in the movie when Alfred walks in and he's like, "Oh, oh, I better turn right around." Ooh. You know, it's one of those cute moments. Oh, we're gonna call back to this bit later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm only, I'm only, uh, uh, ahem, ahem. You can't make it more obvious that he's in the room. Just let him be, Alfred. Do you, uh, I was watching an episode, I think it was season one or two, it was two. Alfred's got a lady. I forgot that he had a lady. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you remember, Sean, yeah. on the show, right? Uh, yeah, she was in the Poison Ivy episode. That's right, yeah, that was the Mountain one. Mountain of Youth episode or whatever it was called. Eternal Youth is was the name of the organization organization or whatever. Yeah, Alfred had himself a lady friend. Ooh, great episode and yeah, he's you know, he's he's doing fine. He's getting laid. It's it's, it's nice good. to know that Alfred's getting something in that mansion. Yeah. And you know you know I don't know though. She didn't really show up very often, so I don't know if that uh, survived if that relationship survived that episode. Maybe he creeped her out too much. Maybe he just he he's very tantric and he gets it all done in one day a year. <laughs> And uh, he's good. That's it. He doesn't need her for the rest of. It. I've got Batman things to tend to. Do you know? You know who fucks is uh, fucking the Alfred on Gotham. Oh God, yeah, Sean Pertwee. <laughs> he, that guy gets it. He definitely does. Uh, do you watch Just Gotham, his... Sean? 
I do not watch Gotham. I don't either. Oh god. <laughs> I haven't watched it since I haven't watched it since Jerome showed up. Yes. Uh, and I know he went on to be like their version of Joker, but that is just an absolutely wretched performance oh. of the Joker. And I like that guy because that Cameron Monaghan or whatever his name mm-hmm. is, I like him on Shameless, but he is so bad. <laughs> he is like. Uh, he reminds me of all of the horrible Joker fan films that came out from <laughs> July through basically July 2008 to like July 2009 of everybody just so much trying too hard oh. as the Joker. Yeah. Just, there's no, I, you have to understand as, as Heath Ledger did and even Mark Hamill does that there's a, there is subtlety in the Joker, and that's actually the key to making the performance work. If you just focus on the, here's how over the top this guy is all the time, uh, you fail. And, and that's that why fails. Jared Leto is the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, God, it hurts. Um, God, man, Gotham is a, is a ship that I am going down with. Like, I, I committed, like... I was watching the first season, and there was some there's some moments in it where I was like, okay, maybe they'll find first their footing. First season's fine. First season's fine. Yeah, maybe they'll find their footing, and then they get like halfway through the second season. And I'm like, no, Fish but Mooney can like touch people. And... I've committed too far at too much at this point, and I'm fuck that show. Uh, there. You... Well, thankfully it's over for you. Yeah, <laughs> I've only got a few I just left. Have to be over not because i have to watch it but because i'm tired of hearing about it oh. just, every time something comes up i'm like why i just i don't yeah. care it's and it, what really the problem with that show too is that it has at least i mean because i i really enjoy robin lord taylor's performance as uh the penguin so that is like mm-hmm. redefined the way that i view the penguin as a character now and but then i'm like i'm also like but it's gotham like oh god <laughs> like so I'm so torn. I'm perplexed. It take take bits and cherry pick, which you will. Yeah. So they kiss in the flashback. We go back to the present, and uh, I guess someone's dancing on Bruce's piano. That's why he gets called back uh, to the party yeah. that's going on. Bruce is a real. Uh, he's a real Gatsby. He's always in the other room during his parties in Batman. He's not even in his fucking house and begins. No. And then he comes back, and you know the rest. Yeah. Tells him to get the fuck out. He's not a very good party guy. No. You know. As lavish as those parties are, yeah. you don't want to piss off Bruce Wayne at the party because you're so. gonna you're gonna want to throw your drink in his face for one. Yeah. <laughs> and we get a Mr. Bronski. Yeah. That's another yep. mobster. He visits Chucky's Buzz grave. Very, one of the scariest looking graveyards I've ever seen depicted. In, uh... <laughs> There's a lot of graveyards in this movie. There's yeah. like for the I, I would I'd like to see the uh, percentage of time that this movie is spent in a graveyard. Well, that's because you know. The angel of death awaits. That's when the phantasm shows up again. And, you know, it's just a, basically another repeat of Chucky again with this new guy. He's, he kind of uh, stalks him slowly. He tries to run away. This is actually a really cool scene. He gets his... Disappears uh, a few times. Mm-hmm. Gets some guards, and there's a chase that ensues. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it is a much more brutal death for Buzz than it was for uh, for oh. Chucky Saul. It's, it's a... It's a that. It's a creep show. It's more than a headstone old statue. (laughs) The good thing is he's already six feet down, so there's not really much funeral prep. Just yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, whoever bought this plot, we're gonna have to give them a refund. But Mm -hmm. beyond that, this actually worked out for all of us. Is your name Bronski? Ah, it could be. (laughs) Uh, He pulls a creep show. Have you seen Creep Show, Sean? 
That uh, in the Mother's Day segment, the the ghost pull, like pushes a gravestone on uh, what's his oh, name Ed Harris's head. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Yeah, but uh, so I guess they they cribbed a little bit from Creepshow. Is they, what you're saying? It's clearly, guys, clearly. <laughs> no, it, it's not clear. Uh, it's just a gravestone on a body, and uh, and uh, he dies. It's brutal. And then the thugs. This is something I wish they explored a little bit more in the movie. The thugs think Batman is now. Killing off mobsters, and the fear and the anxiety that uh, one Abe Vigoda goes through <laughs> as a result of this uh, propels the the story a little bit further. But this is something I really wish they played with, uh, where and maybe it's played out a little bit too much in like your superhero movie, where there's a con- an active contract on your superhero's head. He has to contend with the rogues while dealing with maybe the the main plot of the movie. Right. I, I thought maybe that was kind of a missed opportunity, but you gotta. This is an efficient story. So I yeah. get it. Well, I mean, it's we don't we also don't have a shortage of people thinking that Batman did something that he didn't actually do. I mean, <laughs> Batman Returns, Batman, uh, Batman Begins, like they're all like the misunderstood something. that yeah. guy. It just gives Batman more stuff to watch out for. I mean, you set up a big action sequence where he's being chased by the cops, mm-hmm. which for the Batman the animated series audience, you had to have a reason why the cops would be chasing him because Batman doesn't have that relationship with the cops. They're not always chasing him on the TV show, so why are they now chasing him in the movie? So yeah. Yeah, the idea of framing Batman or Batman being mistaken for the one killing off mobsters, it, it makes sense. Um, Even if it's not, you know, probably maybe not the most interesting thing they could have done, but it, it works. I think so too. I think uh, ultimately, um, the old there's an old man now. We cut to, uh, and that's uh, the Abe Vigoda character. Yep. Uh, yeah. He's what's his name? Is Sal that Valestra. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, he's sipping some tea. He sees Batman has gone crazy, and uh, he clutches mm-hmm. his oxygen mask. He's very worried about what's going on. And we go to see uh, Gordon. He refuses to go after Bats in his uh, scene here. He's talking to uh, the city councilman again. He insists that Batman gets hunted down for being uh, for now killing mobsters allegedly. They're like, he's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm not going after the Bat. You're not. Ne- you've never even been in the show before. God damn it! Who the fuck are you? <laughs> so. Gordon, uh, yeah, they light the bat signal to kind of lure Batman, but he's busy, man. He's Fuck that, Batman is just like, I know it's not you. It's like, it's not Gordon. Exactly. Oh, is that it? I thought he was just busy. Uh-oh. Well, yeah, he is busy being a little stalker emo. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. But uh, he, he sees, uh, he, vis- he checks out the graveyard, he visits his parents' grave, sees Andrea, and uh, she can identify Bruce, even though he's in the cowl. So yeah. this is... Uh, I recognize that rectangle. The stakes got a little bit higher uh, at dinner I think now. It's pretty easy to identify mm-hmm. that the guy who, when you were on a date, took off and fought a bunch of... fought a biker game <laughs> was probably the guy who went on to be Batman. <laughs> probably. That's a easy call for her to make. It's maybe... I, maybe the Flash? No. No. That's <laughs> stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have even said it. Aquaman? Uh, yeah. No, that's stupid too. Uh, so anyway... Andrea's at dinner with the creepy city councilman, uh, Art. Yep. She's not into it, Yeah, obviously. He, like, touches her some handsy, actually. He, like, touches her hand. And he alludes to, like, they had a past. Uh, her, her father, and him. Yeah. They must have all worked together or something. <clears throat> we, we don't know as an audience quite yet. But uh, we know that he's thirsty. Yeah. We know that. We know that. There's Batman watching in the rain. He's uh and yeah, this is your your emo thing that you're referring to. It's a it's a little creepy, but you know he has an excuse. There's um, does he no? Because 
does he know that her dad's uh, tied with the mob at this point? Or is he really just stalking her legitimately? Sean, what do you think? <laughs> How do you interpret I this? Kind of, I think he kind of remembers. I mean, because we see him later in flashbacks knowing that there was, you know, mobstery kind of guys around the house when Alfred and Bruce would drop Andrea off from a date. So I think he kind of knew that there was some, or was remembering that there was some affiliation and maybe he was more dismissive of it when he was young, when he was younger. But now that he knows that these guys are being bumped off, mm-hmm. he's probably thinking a little bit more about that connection. And plus, I, I think him showing or him seeing Andrea back in Gotham is kind of a clue as to, you know, she's been gone for several years at this point, and now she's back right around the time that mobsters are yeah. showing, are getting bumped off, so there might be some connection here. So he has, I don't know that it goes all the way to the level of probable cause. <laughs> he, has, he has at least some legitimacy in his, uh, I guess, stockery behavior, his, his detective work. <laughs> That's something I really liked about this, because in most of the movies and the shows in Bruce's personal life there's not a lot of uh, uh, turmoil or danger but the, in his backstory there was an element of danger just by periphery by dating Andrea because she was uh, involved second hand third hand with these shady dudes and as Bruce it didn't seem that he was kind of helpless in those scenes which we get to and uh, but as Batman yeah he's, but I love to see that sort of uh, that danger element in Bruce's world uh, as opposed to just Batman's you yeah know? yeah I thought for that sure. was cool um, we get a flashback to the now we're going back again. To the Gotham World Fair. Yep. World of the future. Yep. He goes on spaceship Earth, basically. It's uh, what's that? Uh, Tomorrowland. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, George it's Clooney's Tomorrowland. Uh, they yeah. ride a cart through the future, and Andrea. That's a good reference for Tomorrowland. I don't even think George Clooney remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers Batman and Robin. He doesn't remember Tomorrowland. <laughs> Wait, what was that? It was another car for me. I don't know. It was my fourth Benz. I don't know. <laughs> All movies are just cars for him. Yeah. <laughs> Out of sight. That's a Jaguar. Yeah. <laughs> Batman and Robin. That's my uh, GTO. Um, so anyway, they're at the fair. They, and they, they ride a car through the future. Andrea questions if we'll ever see any of this stuff. And then Batman sees like a prototype car. It looks very much reminiscent of the uh, Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's basically just a red Batmobile. Is it? Yep. Does it look uh, a bit like 60s to you, Batman? Were they doing an homage, or is this just all pure animated? Uh, well, I think the red is an homage, because I'm pretty sure the first... I might be wrong on this, but I think the first... I don't know if it was even called a Batmobile yet, but I think the first car that Batman rode in was red. Yeah, I know he had like a like just like a regular old convertible in the beginning. And, there's this and, like, and, and, a, and an Uzi. He had more of like a, a standard like old-timey sedan at first. And then somebody was like, oh, we should give this guy a cool Yeah, we car. need, you know what? He, he needs to brand more, okay? I, it needs a bat car of some kind. I just picture a guy in a bat suit in a red car with a gun just <laughs> shooting out the window. First appearance, Batman. Or throwing hammers yeah. out the window. They, 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 the hammer didn't quite work, so the next step was the gun. He he had no middle ground. Um, so Andrea is insisting that her father uh, meet Bruce because they've been things are getting hot and heavy. Yeah. You know, she's she wants to be yeah. an honest woman eventually, so she calls her dad. She shows up with Bruce at uh, her father's office. Very Clark Gable-looking dude. Very doesn't look totally. at all like J. Jonah Jameson at all. Oh, well, Clark Gable. Art is uh, <laughs> art. It's a more strapping version of J. Jonah Jameson. Though. Yeah, it's without the like, stress. This guy, this guy would not be insecure and have 
beef with Spider-Man. Like, he would be secure in his masculinity and be totally fine. Like, Spider-Man, I have no problem with you. <laughs> Keep doing what you do, Spider-Man. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, they finally show up to the office and Art there, the old the city councilman of present day, was a worker for Dad back in the day. He's a real Aldrich Killian, if you ask me. <laughs> he was an old nerd back then. He turns up, he makes something of himself, but he's still a creep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You feeling the Aldrich? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so. Are you feeling that Killian? <laughs> so the gangster shows up. Some some gangster. Is it Valestra? He uh, shows up at the office yeah. in this flashback. He interrupts the uh, the the meeting yep. between the meet and greet between the dad and Bruce, and he's like, "I'm glad to see your priorities are in order." Some shit like that. Some mobster phrase that only we use. <laughs> and he chews on a toothpick, flips a coin, takes out his big chain wallet, straightens the feather in his large fedora, yeah, and all and that gangster stuff. Buttons up his zoot suit and then, then s- yeah. <laughs> fastens the bag with a dollar sign on it in case no one noticed i'm in the mob (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um, you know i'm in the mob right did my hat not give it away by the way (laughs) sherry get me a bigger hat um it doesn't say mobster enough they see a robbery in progress. Now, they're still in the flashback on a date. They're walking through, you know, like you do hand-in-hand hand on a date through some shitty neighborhood. Yep. And you find a motorcycle, like, circular robbery in progress, like you do. Always. In, uh, Every time. And Batman beats the shit out of them. But they he's best like, wait on, I have to beat some people up. He beats the shit out of them, but then they best him and they get away. And he's mad about that. Very mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, if only I looked like a bat! <laughs> So young Bruce says he needs to, now after this loss, he says to uh, Alfred he needs to choose Batman or Andrea, and she calls. This is a very tense moment, and Alfred says, what do I do? Do I pick up the phone? Do I tell him you're here? What Do I tell her you're here? What? And he doesn't know what to say. I just don't know. I don't know. And he tries to uh, reason with his, and this is the very sad scene. He tries to reason with his parents at the grave, Yeah. and he has his own conversation with them. Tries to rationalize quitting the cow. He says, tell me, he's pleading, tell me it's okay. Yeah. Wowza. He feels like he's failing his quest by not, you know, by even having right. these thoughts. So, yeah, he's he's literally pleading with his parents to basically let him out of this pact that he made arbitrarily by himself. For him, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Get me out of this blood oath that I made to nobody. Can I just, can, please just say yes. But that again points to the emotional instability of bruce wayne is that i mean a, a yes. rational person would know that their parents would never ever ever want them <laughs> to commit to a life of of misery and, and danger and just and solitude outside of uh, alfred but even there's still there's only so far that that relationship with alfred goes because alfred you know like, like still has to put up with the fact that this guy's batman and this guy's endangering himself like alfred doesn't really have a choice yeah. fucking uh, christ so, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's interesting to show that like that there is a little bit of a a harmful well not even a little bit there's a pretty big harmful delusion there uh, with Bruce thinking that the promises to his parents was really just a promise to himself yeah exactly he's yeah he's exactly he's, and I haven't quite thought when you put it that way he, he's fucked up in the head he's very <laughs> deluded he made oh, absolutely. I had a I worked at a blockbuster as many of us did back in the day and uh i had a manager one time we were having a conversation about superhero movies and stuff and he i i could not convince this man otherwise but he was convinced 
that when Bruce Wayne was in that cave and saw that bat for the first time, that it turned Bruce Wayne into a mutant. Oh my God. And he thought that that messed up Bruce Wayne to the point where he was like psychologically connected to bats from then on. And I was like, no. Did you tell him he was an idiot? Did you quit? Radioactive? Yeah, no, he thought, yeah, that was the other thing too. He was like, and yeah, when he got bit by that bat in the cave, I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, let's rewind here. <laughs> Wait a minute, huh? <laughs> um... But did you quit that day? No, I didn't quit that day. I just, uh, I put him in his place. Did you did. fire him? Yeah, I said, get get out of here. You call yourself a movie fan? Yeah. So he, uh, it's a very, and then Andrea shows up right when he's pleading to his parents at the grave. And uh, he says, tell me it's okay. And then uh, her, I forget her line. It's uh, maybe they sent me. Maybe your parents sent me. To, yeah, maybe to... they've already told you that it's okay by, because, hey, look, I'm here. Exactly. And, yeah, and he's got a. He's Which like is a very egotistical thing for her to say. <laughs> yeah. Look, I I'm pretty sure I'm the solution to all of your problems, but you're too pig-headed <laughs> sure to realize. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm a divine symbol sent down from your parents <laughs> on the grave. That's Where are you gonna find down. another redhead like this? Uh, he throws a rock and he hits one in Gotham. Yeah. <laughs> she falls out of a redhead tree in Gotham. Yeah, they're planted in the in. The Gotham equivalent of Central Park. When that lady got bit by that redhead in uh, Gotham, <laughs> and she turned into a redhead. Uh, um, so now we go back to present tense after, the, yes, that very egotistical line <laughs> yeah. from Andrea. The councilman gets into the gangster's car. Gangster wants to know if Batman, and this is Valestra, yeah. well, with the oxygen mask, a Vagoda. He wants to know if Batman, is he really killing people? What was that? I didn't hear that one. It's important to teach, kids, to teach kids about the dangers of uh, smoking. Yeah. Oxygen <laughs> tank. Yeah, they couldn't animate voice boxes back then. Kids wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Say it isn't so. Is Batman knocking off people? <laughs> what the fuck is going on up there? It sounds, it sounds like Martin Landau. Or like Richard Nixon yeah. or something. Yeah. Just anyone with flappy cheeks. <laughs> what the going on up there? So, uh, yeah, he, he, Abe Vigoda's scared is basically what's going on. He's very paranoid about Batman. He's, he's going to do something rash, you can tell. Uh, and then uh, Batman learns of the two corpses' connections, Dummy Corp from back in the day. And then he can predict who the next possible target's going to be based on that. Uh, yeah. Batman, world's greatest detective and forensic, uh, forensic accountant. I can't believe the cops aren't figuring this shit out. I'm so good at this. <laughs> and racquetball player, but they don't show that. They're pressed for time. Yeah. You guys see... Uh, never mind. I was going to do a racquetball bit. Anyway, I think these monsters put their names on their shell corporations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did they call it the Shady Lady? Uh, LLC? Um, yeah. They, call, they, they literally called it Dummy Corp Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman investigates the possible third target's home, but we get a flashback. Yeah. Bruce proposes to Andrea. Jerry, you think it's a half-hearted? Yeah, proposal? I think this is. I gotta say, this is kind of a weak proposal. This is. Uh, this is him basically just being like, um, ah, here, like, <laughs> like. I think it's the the bats are very romantic when they spout up from the ground. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, nice. Most people go with doves. He went with bats. So yeah, yeah. unique choice. I, I like it. Yeah, I'm sensing I'm off here. What's what? <laughs> I was I was just I I do feel like I would not blame her for saying no if 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 he proposed like oh here do, what do you think she's like how about you ask me motherfucker like what. So, At least he did get down on a knee, though. I will say that, yeah. to, to his credit. They they go to her dad's to 
bring the good news, yep. tell him the good news, and uh, he's got some shady mobster company over. Yeah. And uh, she's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't uh, do this tonight. And as Bruce is driving away, dropping her off at the house, we see a sh- really particularly shady-looking mobster. Yes. We see a very distinct nose, let's yes. say. Yep. He's smoking a cig, and then he flicks that cig at Bruce's car. I love this moment. This is like, this is the beginning. This is the where it all starts here between these two. I um I'm I'm admittedly torn on uh the idea of just seeing the Joker without makeup on even or with you know, friends back in the day. Yeah, there's something about it that's like, you know, what do you think, Sean? Yeah. I've always been uh, I've always been in favor of Joker who doesn't have an origin and we don't see pre-Joker, which mm-hmm. will make the Joaquin Phoenix movie interesting, mm-hmm. although I mean, I've seen enough Joker origins at this point, whether it's this one or Batman '89, that I'm fine with it. It's just not my preferred, uh, just not my preferred take. But clearly, Batman the anime series was always trying to lean on the Burton films, uh, and this is kind of an extension of that. If you actually, not only just with the music, but if you actually go back and watch an episode of, it's called Joker's Wild. It's when Joker, the guy, sets up a Joker casino. And when Batman goes through the files, and well, it's actually, it's, I don't even think it's the only time that happens, but they refer to Joker as being Jack Napier in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Uh, so they were leaning on the uh, the Batman 89 sort of continuity. So seeing him as a mobster, as Jack Napier was in the movies, it, it fit with what they were trying to connect it to. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually did forget that they do uh, rely on that uh the Tim Burton, what you know, he said, yeah, yeah. obviously with. Uh, there's a file where, yeah, there's a file where his name is Jack Napier in that Joker's Wild episode, and there's also another point where somebody actually verbally, I think, is one of the doctors in Arkham or something, verbally calls him Jack Napier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like, so yeah, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I'm, I guess that that uh, reconnection alone made me just now go, oh yeah, it's okay that he's a mobster in this one. I forgot that they're yeah. going off of the movie there. Um, but yeah, typically I'm like, I, I, I like with you, I agree. I don't necessarily like to see anything of the Joker's backstory or anything, but I am also kind of intrigued about the Joaquin Phoenix movie. So it's, I'm on board. Yeah. 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 Um, Bruce, uh, gets the dear John letter in the next scene, a very heartbreaking scene. Uh, yeah. uh, Andrea apparently took off with her dad. Uh, the, all the note says is too young, need time, forget about me. You could tell a mobster wrote this. Yeah. Too young, me time. I just scribble it down, give it to him. And uh, he reads the note. He's hard, he's hurt. But this is the this is the impetus. This is the reason. The I guess the real breaking point of why he chooses to commit to Batman a hundred percent. Yeah. He had that out and obviously that window is now closed, so that's it. From There's... a character point of I love it. It, it not only is it just I want to bring fear into the to my enemies. I want to just fight crime. I want to because of my parents. It's also it had to do with a little bit of this. He did try to have a normal life. He did make that attempt. And, right. Uh, that's important to me. I I like it. And he also wants to scare the shit out of Alfred. <laughs> sometimes Alfred's just annoying. Oh yeah, he's like really intimidated by that fabric mask that he puts on in this in that scene. Yeah, you one know. Of the most- Frequently gift Batman moments of all time. <laughs> oh, 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 it's because Alfred knows he's uh, there's no turning back. No. Uh, but I think it's just that scary mask too. Ooh, that mask is spooky. Ooh. He's spooked. Sends shivers down my spine. 
Uh, back I to think the problem with that is mm-hmm. you had to imagine that Batman looked scary because the BTA as Batman like never looked scary. So, no, like, no. Kind of imagining that oh people must be afraid of this in this world this looks really really scary. <laughs> yeah. Back to all that blue. Yeah, that's gonna, <laughs> that's a scary shade that midnight blue that he's got. Oh yeah. Uh, back to present tense. Uh, the, the Valestra shows up to see our favorite Joker. Yes. And we get the intro of Joker. And uh, Sally the Weezer Celestra apparently is uh, calling for him to help him out in taking out uh, the Batman. Yeah. Because apparently the Batman's taken out their kind and he's killing them. Yeah. Joker, he doesn't... He, I love Joker because he never puts all of his cards on the table until the right moment. Yep. And it's not the right mm-hmm. moment. But you could tell uh, Joker is... Uh, He's wondering maybe uh, that's not the case. Yeah, there's, there's, the Joker's always got something up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Well, we also get told that Joker's the one who killed Dad because Sal says, your hands are just as dirty as mine dirtier. Mm. So they go, oh, there's yeah. our clue. That's yeah. not what's happening with Joker here. That's one of my favorite lines, though, from Joker ever, which is, don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite Mark Hamill Joker lines. Fantastic. When he uh, also to go back, his he has a cool intro as opposed to the I really wanted that hundred percent Batman intro. He shoots down the uh, World's Fair uh, animatronic display. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The fair starts lighting up he says all he around. He hates him. that song. I hate that song. And uh, it's good. Uh, so they take a cart to a weird old animatronic the bag from the flashback at the World's Fair of like a family display, like a, a mother chopping uh, vegetables. Yeah, like yeah, a robot. Diesel. Yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a joke that uh, that I was surprised with that comes up a little bit later that Joker says to uh, that animatronic woman, um, feeling the old electricity tonight. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> he wants to fuck that robot. He's he's gonna get down yeah. with that robot. Do you think Joker? Uh, it always, yeah, it always the way you get in the mood and then company shows up. Nah, yeah. that I was the case. I found myself a little bit more so distracted. Be like that robot thing used a real knife because like it's clearly cutting his bologna up there yeah. it's like just slicing it like maybe a... he switched it probably, out though exactly he probably had a fake knife and then he switched it out well this will be the first thing i fix and like then he just <laughs> and then he put a fake vagina in it and yeah. he actually has sex with it yeah that's they cannot show that on the animated uh no. show but it's on the blu-ray yeah it's 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 an easter egg um, if you look for it. I just love that nobody's actually there. So Joker, <laughs> it just proves that Joker is performing for himself. Like, yeah. completely. <laughs> he was a very lonely man before Harley. And and this is, uh, is this post-Harley, this movie? Yeah, this is... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 of course. Harley was, Harley was introduced in the very first Joker episode that aired with uh, Joker's favor. She's in there. She's not in the Harley costume yet, but that's the, that's the episode that she was invented for, and she was supposed to just be a one-off. Uh, and then she became much more than that. They were on a break at that time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> she was off uh, seeing someone else. Uh, I don't think Joker's ever lonely. I don't. That's a great yeah. thought. I like that. Yeah. He's never I don't lonely. Think he ever, yeah, I don't think he ever is. <laughs> He's always with the most entertaining person in the world, so what does it really matter? Yeah, exactly. Good point. Everyone else pales in comparison to himself. <laughs> exactly. Everyone else Joker ever meets is just a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> that was such high standards. Uh, Councilman takes Andrea home, gets creepy again. He wants to stick around, you know? Yeah. But Batman's there, okay? And she yep. knows it's Bruce. Yeah. Because she knows. And they discuss her father. And uh, 
That's when uh... he does have the worst pickup line ever, though. Like it's not good, it's not good going to bed on a full stomach. <laughs> Who but... wants to do the other thing with a full stomach either? Though? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's not when everybody's like feeling their best. So I don't really know. If I could rearrange yeah. the alphabet, I would put yeah. you and me together. <laughs> Ooh. Uh... Is that is that how it goes? <laughs> so um. Then, uh, uh, where are we? Uh, Phantasm shows yep. up to take out Celestra. Yep. But his corpse! His angel of death has arrived. It's his corpse! What a twist! It's Celestra's corpse. Wow. It's there. He's just sitting there. He's left with a camera and a mic from the Joker. Live feed, man. And the Joker, of course, it wouldn't be a Joker device without a microphone built in so that he could speak live <laughs> through, yeah. somewhere <laughs> remotely and, and taunt them before they die. And uh, that's exactly what happens. Kaboom, and uh, this is this is. Look at Joker inventing Skype and FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, Joker. Joker. You know we have him to thank for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Joker. Thank you very much. This is pro- the coolest. I think the most cinematic scene of the movie. It's this big action set piece. Starts with the Phantasm overlooking the explosion, getting away. Batman shows up, chases the Phantasm, but then the cops show up. Helicopters, cars, rooftops, some hand-to-hand combat between Phantasm and Batman. Yeah. Love this part. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fun sequence. Mm-hmm. You get the Batwing in the, there. Of course. How could I forget the Batwing? That was a, that was a fun toy to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My Batwing story was... Uh, this was right at the tail end of... like I had already stopped believing in Santa... But this was like the last year where like the parents weren't quite sure yet. Did he did he stop? Is he still there yet? <laughs> and so I got like the wrong. I asked for the Batwing because I had already had a couple other Batman the Animated Series toys, and I received the wrong item uh, the next morning. But there was a note from Santa, suspiciously in Dad's handwriting, his uh, very unique handwriting, uh-huh. that was said, you know. The elves made a mistake, but <laughs> you can take this to any Kmart and exchange oh, it. God. My workshop gives gift receipts. I'm Santa. By the way, I write just like your father. What the fuck? Yeah. But I was like, so I was like, uh, I remember telling dad, um, number one, you don't need to do this anymore. And he was just like, oh, okay, I get it. And number two, let's go to the store. And then we went to the store and then I got the last bat wing that was on the shelf and I felt accomplished. And- the end. It's a good story, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea tells Bruce about the father's past embezzlement. Big parlor scene here. Uh, He embezzled some money from Valestra back in the day. And and then we see this in the flashback. Father pleads to pay him back. Valestra's not so kind about this. He wants his money back. Dad doesn't have it right away. Yeah. But uh, he's like, give me 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, as is the typical time limit for, uh, it's either 24 or 36 hours or uh, something like that. You know, sometimes always, you get 48. Yeah, yeah sometimes. sometimes. Depends on how, the, the, the level of the task. If you get a really nice mobster. You if know. you have to round up all of the, uh, stray Avengers, you know, then you get 48 hours or, mm-hmm. or 12 hours or whatever. I don't remember that one. Um, so, uh, he, yeah, he gives them 24 hours to pay him back. So what do they do? They flee the country. They go to Europe because they don't have it right away, but he does, uh, start some business overseas and eventually he, he does get the money, but too little, too late. Yeah. Valestra says, nah, this debt needs to be paid in blood, uh, as Andrea says. And that's when they send out the big dog, the mad dog to, uh, go and kill her dad, yeah. Mr. Beaumont. Um... Is this the scene? Is this the big, like, the darkest scene in the movie? 
Well, that might be subjective. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, in, uh, the scene where Andrea shows up and uh, and uh, crosses paths with uh, the Joker. Yeah, I always just imagined that, but this is, again, a great cinematic technique of not actually showing the dead yes. body. I always imagined that it looked horrible. Yeah. That it wasn't just like he got shot in the head or something like that. Not that that wouldn't look terrible, but I mean, I, I figured that it was a pretty gruesome scene that she walked into with her dad. It wasn't just... A dead body it was an especially brutal death I, I think of uh, no country for old men the ending of that movie when uh, Shagur leaves the house uh, and you can assume he did something to Kelly McDonald he checks the bottom of his shoes and that's all you get he gets in his car and that's all you need and in this movie it's artfully done because yeah. that's all you need is him to just cross paths with her give her that smile and she walks in and yeah. you could just just like you're saying Sean you assume the worst because it's Joker <laughs> You know? Yeah, it went down hard. It and, did. He, and he didn't have Joker Venom yet, so you figure he had to improvise, and somehow that's probably worse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that uh, Andrea Beaumont's dad was laughing throughout this this incident. No. No. And then, uh, does Batman still think, he thinks that the dad, no, no, because this is the parlor scene. He did think that the dad was the phantasm, but now it's starting to kind of piece together for him. Yeah. Uh, they kiss. This is pres- a present-day kiss, so this means a, a hell of a lot for them. It's, it's animated kissing, man. Like, they're, like I have never seen two cartoon characters kiss and thought, yeah, that looks about right. Like, there's nothing. It always is so weird. Like, mouths never go in the right place. Oh, you know what? Uh, I, I did get ahead of us because uh, Andrea is not giving him the full story. She says, I choose you right. over my dad. Sorry, the next day. Right. You can assume they hooked up, they consummated, and she says, I choose you, Bruce, over my father. Bruce still thinks right. that Beaumont is the phantasm. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, she still she just leans into what Bruce has already assumed, that, that dad is, is the one doing it. Whatever you believe... That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't Joker care about my dad anymore better. anyway. Yeah. Joker's the only one who knows better because he knows what happened to dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she leaves, and they're going to meet later tonight. And then uh, Alfred asks what that means uh, regarding Batman. And Bruce honestly doesn't know. He's back to his old self again. I don't know. I told you like 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bruce. And then this is a big uh big uh, clue for him. He sees an old photo of Andrea's dad. Yeah. And he sees a very distinct nose-looking yeah. guy, a mobster in the back, and uh, it's Joker without makeup. Yep. And this is this is great. This is why, remember I said earlier, this is, uh, I'll give you some reasons why I think it's not a two-parter mo- uh, episode as, as opposed to a cinematic film. This is one of them. To get that, the, the missing piece to me, if that's how they're going to do it with Joker's character, to give a little backstory of who he was before that, or just some idea of it, to uh-huh. me is very uh, cinematic. I don't know. I guess they could have done it on the show and it would have been fine, but to me it just it's it's special because it's in the movie and it's that's when you get that. And also Batman's backstory, so I don't know. Well, if you look at even like the two-part episodes that they did, like they never played out as one long uh continuous story like if you look at the two-face well, episode it kind of breaks and then like all of a sudden he's just like man how long has he been two-facing like going on in the second episode well actually i wanted to bring up uh an episode that i guess i'll do it now i think that there is an episode that would make a better movie than mask of the phantasm this is my hot take and i think it's uh and this is pre-batman begins demon's quest parts one and two you stretch it out mm. 
I think to me the external stakes are huge. I think the internal stakes are not as big as Phantasm, but still pretty high. And he's plunged into an unfamiliar world in uh, India, I believe. And uh, he's set up with the... You know the episode, Rachel yeah, yeah, Ghoul, Khalil Ghoul. I felt like that was a really epic two-parter with uh, just the right amount of stakes and, and the right amount of challenge. I don't feel like, and this is another hot take, Batman is sufficiently challenged in this film aside from personal internal. Uh, and this goes back to my external argument. I don't think he's he's sufficiently challenged as a combatant. Would you agree? Because it just culminates in a fight that you would normally see in an episode with Joker... Right. Um, that's my hot take. It is a little more, I mean, it's a little more intense because, again, things get bloody in ways they mm-hmm. didn't on the on the TV show. But besides just the visual cue, I mean, I think it was, I agree that it, Batman never really comes that close to being in physical danger. I think the probably the closest he comes to getting killed or caught is actually the battle with the cops, not so much mm-hmm. the battle with the Joker. But I don't mind a more emotional struggle over mm-hmm. a physical struggle. Uh, but I do think there are episodes, I agree that, I don't think this plays like a long episode of the animated series. I do believe they achieved something actually cinematic here. Uh, So when I was talking about that at the opening, I was talking about general perception of why they were dismissive of this movie, but I'm certainly not. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's, it tells its own uh, self-contained story actually, and they never touch on this stuff again. And you know, Andrea Beaumont doesn't come up in Batman the Animated Series. A lot of the stuff with the Joker doesn't come up again Mm -hmm. in Batman the Animated Series. This can totally exist on its own independent of, uh, independent of the show uh, but there are other episodes that i think could have been cinematic i mean i'll get a fist bump for this in a lot of cars or at the gym <laughs> but robin's reckoning is obviously uh, a movie mm-hmm. or could be a movie mm-hmm. so um and i still think it should be uh, it should be the basis of something for live action to get robin in there and have it actually make sense and not just say fuck batman <laughs> but like they should definitely do uh some stuff uh, with that character but yeah i mean i think Batman the Animated Series always kind of felt cinematic to me anyway, mm-hmm. uh, but this obviously takes it uh, a few notches up, just as it should have. Yeah, it's like, I, we, we did an episode, uh, one of our earliest one was the Simpsons movie, which yeah. is which deviates from the show enough where it's not that... It, which it, has a Batman connection. Does it? What is the Batman connection? The very first teaser for The Dark Knight debuted with the Simpsons movie. Ah, oh. that's right, that's right. But yeah. uh, I think... This, this was still like in the, the digital era where theaters were sent movies and trailers or early digital era where trailers came out or were attached to movies days before a movie came out Mm -hmm. and so when the Simpsons movie and its trailer package arrived immediately theater employees ripped it (laughs) (laughs) of course so the first time I saw the Dark Knight teaser was a filmed version on the theater screen that a theater employee had posted on YouTube I think I saw that there's a Batman connection to uh, the Simpsons movie yes it was and it was just the blue the fiery signal with the voiceovers yes I do remember that no footage just total voiceover but when you grew up with Mark Hamill's voice as the Joker the only thing anybody cared about before they even saw Heath was what is he going to sound like as the Joker. So mm-hmm. that was probably it, it. was just fine to hear his voice and not actually see him playing uh, playing the role just yet. Yeah, because there weren't like people weren't really questioning like, is he going to have a purple suit? Is he going to have red lips? Like, well, no, yeah, it was always like, what is he going to sound like? And and when that trailer, well, people were questioning all that other stuff, and people hadn't liked some of the things they saw on set photos, but still, the the primary thing, especially after years and years of, of a decade and a half of Mark Hamill at that point, like, what is he going to sound like? Yeah. And what's the laugh gonna sound like mm-hmm. 
I still think, yeah, that Dark Knight, the trailer we actually do see Heath Ledger, that might be the best trailer ever. Just full stop. Uh, the first, uh, yeah, the first, the first full trailer. I agree. That's Where, my, it starts with the voiceover. My... Uh, you change things forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, man. And the yeah. first shot of that trailer is the last shot of the movie. Mm, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Wow. Yes. I, <laughs> we should talk about the Dark Knight sometime. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So. Uh, where are we? Joker catches up with Art, I think, at this point. Yeah. Yep. Art is in his office. He's mad that Batman is still loose. Joker's there. Uh, it's kind of like the reverse of the Batman showing up in people's offices. Joker pulls this shit, too, man. Yeah. He, he's there, and uh, he says, you're no friend of mine to Joker. <laughs> <laughs> and Joker wants How to know. How high and mighty forget. <laughs> Joker wants to know who killed the old crew. He doesn't think it's Bats. And, no, he uh, knows it's not Bats because yeah. he saw yeah. the uh, saw the, the Phantasm yeah. arrive on the yeah. on his yeah. camera. Ain't the Bat? Nope, nope, nope. I've seen the guy. Joker Looks suggests more like the Ghost of Christmas Future. Yeah, uh, that's a good line. Uh, Joker suggests it's Art, and then he gets a little intimidating. <laughs> yeah, and then he hears Andrea. And she's calling, and uh, she leaves a voicemail. Yeah, I believe. And uh, he's thinking, hmm. Well, no, he's, he's talking to. Uh, she's actually talking to Art. Um, she's canceling a date. Oh yeah, and that's right. Joker just Joker kind of gives him the nod that he can respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nope, you're not gonna make that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's but... where Joker. I think that's right where Joker figures it out. As he was, he was thinking art. He, he didn't know what happened to Andrea, but that was the clue that she's been back in town. He says Beaumont, not the Babe, and, and then like that's where Joker puts it together. That's right. He's he in his own right is uh, is a detective. He's a worthy opponent. Uh, He's a better detective than Batman. He figures it out before Batman does. Yeah, go. <laughs> and he didn't have any uh, any physical evidence there. He didn't have any shards of glass to go off of. Yeah. He's a criminal Joker mastermind. Just more intuitive than Batman. He uh, he poisons Art in this scene, and uh, yep. Art's he. This is the uncomfortable laughing. Yeah, uh, this is, this is yeah. where it's as chilling as they can possibly make this. Is this scene? Yeah. A little uh, giggle as he says, "Oh no, Batman!" Yes. Like that says it all right there. Like oh, he's yeah. panicking and he can't stop laughing. <laughs> That's so funny. One of the uh, one of our other co-hosts who has appeared on the show a couple of times, our buddy Rick, um, would every now and then in grade school would get like into these laughing fits where he would start laughing. And there's a couple of times where he was like, "Oh no!" And like he would <laughs> he stop knew. laughing. Yeah, he knew. <laughs> yeah, he knew he couldn't stop for a couple of minutes now. <laughs> Um, so he, he gets admitted to the hospital and they give him an antidote while it, he's starting to just finally calm down a little bit. Yeah, that antidote works super fast on yeah. him, but we gotta, we go, we gotta save time. This is only 76 minutes we have for this movie. That's right. Batman shows up. He's there to interrogate. Not for very long, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he loses again. So I always took that as he dies. I didn't take that as he survives. Mm. Like I, I took that as that's the, you know, the drug they gave him to help him like didn't really work and. I know that it's not clear in the movie that he dies, but I always just interpreted it that way. Huh. I don't know what I think. Maybe, maybe that's also because he never showed up on the series again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole self-contained, you know, way that this movie operates. But what if, um, what if like the series finale of the animated series was him coming back, and all the kids at home were like, "Who the fuck who, is this?" It's like this guy? a big reveal. It was me from the film. <laughs> like there was a movie <laughs> or at the very least he was driven mad like he never yeah. got back to yeah you know his normal self i uh i had an idea i don't want to get into it i had an idea for a cool villain origin story maybe i'll deviate some other time with you guys um, okay 
No, actually, have you ever? Okay, I'm gonna really quick. Has Batman ever um, accidentally let somebody die in a struggle? Um. Well, like, he intentionally let Ra's al Ghul die in Batman. Yeah, kids. but has he like had like a rope and like ah the rope fell and this guy's dead? Uh, yeah. There's been time. There have been times where people have died just kind of incidentally, where Batman didn't intentionally kill him. I remember there was an <laughs> issue of Detective Comics. I think it was in Paul Dini's run where Batman was kind of fighting a guy on a train platform, and <laughs> Batman didn't shove the guy into the train, but during the fight, the guy kind of stumbled back and fell into the track right as his train was coming, and he <laughs> died. Uh, so Batman didn't intentionally murder him, but mm-hmm. the guy died as as a result of the the confrontation. Has there ever been like a cat? He's fighting Joker, and like there's a casualty that just dies, and then like maybe years later, the casualty is a villain and says, "You let me die during this struggle with Joker." That's kind. Of, so that's, somebody comes back from the dead. Yeah, as like just a normal street civilian who well, Batman kind of accidentally killed. I mean, Jason Todd kind of came yeah, back. <laughs> I guess you're right. That's that was yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, we're also forgetting the obvious. I mean, the Ice Princess did accidentally fall off the roof when he was trying to help her. Did she become a villain in Batman Returns? No, she just fell in a big tree. (laughs) That's right. Well, we said we wanted a third Burton film with Michael Keaton, so... Ice Princess, baby. (laughs) Ice Princess comes back. Yeah, it is. You heard it here. Yeah. Copyright uh, 90 under 90. Yeah. So... Art tells him he he back in the day he helped Beaumont and Andrea get out of town. He helped facilitate it, but he also sold them out in the end, and uh, yeah. he did a bad they thing. Give him need to help with his campaign. Yeah. <laughs> so Joker calls up Andrea's place as Batman's investigating. Joker sends RC. He loves like RC bomb planes yeah. and cars. Anything he can fly or drive remotely. Anytime Joker can commit a crime while playing with a toy at the same time, he's probably pretty happy. As long as it's something he could paint a smile on. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a flashback. Andrea, this is the Andrea coming home, finding, crossing paths with uh, Joker after, uh, and she finds her dad dead. And then uh, we get that joke. We get to see Joker with the uh, the wife uh, animatronic uh, (laughs) robot, the feeling the old electricity line at the World's Fair. And then things are wrapping up here. Phantasm shows up to uh to jokers to kill him yep he knew it was andrea this is the big reveal did you predict it like uh, you saw it as a kid uh but um i was watching it with my girlfriend she called it uh pretty early on what do you yeah i was as a kid going into the movie no Mm -hmm. i mean i had watched i had followed the movie i had read articles about the movie and i even remember seeing I don't know if it was like HBO used to have this first look series. I don't know if it was an HBO first look or some other behind the scenes thing before I saw the movie that just talked about the different people in it and Dana Delaney being the, the love interest in this. And that's all I thought she was, was a love interest in the movie. I didn't think she was Phantasm. But as the story went on, I, had, I started, I, even at 10 years old, I had a harder and harder time seeing her dad being the one who's actually doing this. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really... I wasn't shocked when you know says so you figured it out and it pulls off the mask. It's like at that point I was I was caught up to where the Joker was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I gotta say after reading the the Wikipedia plot summary where it is uh, in a linear form, you could it's mm-hmm. e- even easier to uh, oh, predict yeah. <laughs> where it's gonna go. So I like I said I, that that whole framing device and and how it's doled out is 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 it, artfully it, done for yeah, the mystery. Yeah, definitely helps the story. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. The action figure was also kind of a dead giveaway in mm-hmm. retrospect, not that I saw it <laughs> ahead of time. And I think I got the act, the toys came out 
a little bit after the movie, mm -hmm. but the Phantasm figure is very small because you uh -huh. can pull off the mask and it was Andrea Beaumont. Uh -huh. so, like, it wasn't to scale of what the uh, of what the size of Phantasm was in the movie. I see. Yeah, they, they wanted the figure to work when you pulled off the mask and it would still be the size of Andrea Beaumont. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to assume that there's like some like football shoulder pads under that <laughs> under that costume because she rips that and cloak some off. Serious and... lifts in those boots. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, she shrinks like half the size. <laughs> and but she could transport, guys. Small, but she does get smaller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she could transport. <laughs> Let's not forget. Yeah, she could just, she just, could just willfully transport. Uh, teleport. Uh, Joker spits acid at her gauntlet. Melts that son of a yep. bitch. Whoa. They fight. He hits her with the baloney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how he's reaching back and there's a cleaver right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he finds the baloney. It works. <laughs> uh, she's using that that teleportation technique throughout, and uh, uh, she and B Batman shows up. They almost get sucked into what like a giant turbine engine. Yeah, there's like a giant yeah, fan. Joker's about to kill her, and then Batman shows up with the uh, bat cycle, mm -hmm. and then right as she lets go, because she's holding on to like a flagpole or whatever, that's when he zooms past her and mm -hmm. lets go of the cycle, so it goes up into the engine and doesn't it spares her. Sacrificed she a motorcycle. To the ground from 25 feet up. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She fell into some water. Everything was fine. And then he says to her, "I just realized I'm a good detective. Your dad's not Phantasm. You're Phantasm." <laughs> and then she phases again somehow. He says, "Get out of here." <laughs> she, she's like, "Fine." Version of this movie, it's just Joker and Andrea Beaumont staring at each other, and says, "It talks about how he figured it out." <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> There's like totally an office or parked and wrecked moment of them looking the camera when Batman says he figured it out. <laughs> oh, you did, did you? Pretty sure Alfred figured it out. Um, so Batman and Joker fight. Uh, we get a WB logo Easter egg. Yeah, very long, glaring one. Uh, there's a Godzilla fight, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah, they, they get into the, the, the big model fight. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a model of Gotham. These two titans are, are yeah. duking it out. It's very cool. There's more drones. Joker's face hidden in a tower of one of the buildings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got... You just see he has a knife everywhere. Yeah. Like, front door. He, fight, he knows... Well, Joker knows instantly where to find the sharpest object within arm's reach. Mm-hmm. If he has to break something to get it, he'll get the perfect shard. And then Batman does something very skillful with his cowl, takes it off, gathers a bunch of drones together, and then just kind of throws, whips them, right? And, and then breaks very them. easily, just <laughs> like Doctor Strange has got this, it just goes right around him, and there's no, it, it sticks to him like perfectly. Move, yeah. yeah, it's like, boom, boom, done. I always like using the cape to catch all the drones and smash them. Yes, I'm a fan of it. great move. Uh, the bomb of there's of course a bigger bomb, right? That's that's oh, the the external force I guess I'm looking for. Uh, Jetpack Joker, love that. Yeah, He's flying around like, with a big smile on his face. Yeah, that was the name of the action figure, Jetpack Joker. <laughs> <laughs> it's my band. I'm starting um, Jetpack Joker. Yeah. He's missing a tooth. I like that a lot. I laughed. Yep. Got a good chuckle. Um, Bat, but it's a very useful... I remember wondering mm -hmm. if Joker would still be missing that tooth the next time I would see him That's... on Batman the Animated Series after this movie, and the tooth was back, and I was like, well... Fine. Yeah. Do you think he, like, um... Because his I mean, teeth... He would get an implant. 
Would it be yellow though? Cause like, would it be just white and then like with his teeth and then like it stands out? So he had to paint it like to match. The... <laughs> he had to yellow up the yeah. tooth. It's very much about branding and about keeping his look consistent. So I would say that yeah, he made sure that the color match. He didn't want to look like a corn on the cob that has those white and yellow kernels on it. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. wanted the he, yeah. all yellow. Yeah. So, but this this jetpack thing is kind of useless because like Batman immediately drags him back to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> It's it's fun though. It's a great toy. That's what it is. Yes, it's all about them toys. It's a good crash though when they come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then eventually Joker he has to surrender to Andrea. He's bested by her. She shows back up, and uh, the place is. Uh, I have a I've written a weird delivery here for the line. The place is wired to explode. Yeah. There's some weird delivery there. Out of breath. Yes. Um, it's Bob, harder to do that with voice acting, so there's... <laughs> so right. I'm trying to give Kevin Conroy some credit. Do you think they had to work, like, he had to jog in place at the studio? Yeah. That probably is a technique that they do use. Um, um, so that joke's ruined. Yeah. Uh, the bomb goes off. There's an epic orchestral choir music going on. Batman gets out. It's it's a very quick ending. Like, yeah. Because I just have, he's he's out and he's back at the cave. Like, yeah. That's it. It's It's a very, it wraps things up really quick. Uh, he regrets he couldn't save Andrea. He thinks he, like, but really she just phases out with the Joker. It's very open-ended for both of them, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, I don't know how that sits with me. I know, like, Joker can't die. He, I don't think he ever will. I mean, he has in certain, you know, right uh, issues, timelines, I mean, whatever. I think if you look at this movie as existing by itself, she kills him. Yeah. Um, and but I, then, obviously, if you, if you view this as canon with the rest of the animated series, then, then no, obviously, obviously not. Mm-hmm. Although maybe this takes place at the very end of the animated series. Maybe. <laughs> Although it can't, because then Batman no. Beyond once again screws everything up. Yeah. Uh, so. I <laughs> that damned it. Batman Beyond. <laughs> yeah, I would. I almost would have bought that if it was at the very end. And also, I just can't. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like Andrea's got him right there, mm-hmm. and then she's on her own that we see her on the cruise ship or or whatever with another dude trying to hit on her Mm -hmm. and then like she seems she doesn't seem like she's annoyed that she let somebody get away it seems like she's done doing what she had to do so by itself she kills the joker but in the context of the bigger story with the animated series then no yeah her final scene is very interesting because in just the context of it, she's on a, like a cruise liner and she's on the edge and yet there's a guy who just, a random dude walks up to her. He's like, you doing okay? Like, how you doing? Like, you need somebody to talk to? And she just doesn't, what does she say? Just like a one word answer. And no, she's, he, the guy asks her like, do you want to be alone? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, yes, I think. And, um, yeah. I don't know how to interpret that. Like, I don't know why it's in the movie. I mean, just to show a resolution for her, but why at that particular moment? Why with that particular context? It's. I think it's open. They really kept it open there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's to because they're already going to give the tease with Bruce finding the locket in the Batcave that she's alive. Uh, that I think they because if you just show that, then the implication is that maybe they can still be together, but. This is showing this scene with her actually shows that she understands that because of the choice she made at the end, which is killing the Joker, mm-hmm. that there is no, you know, there is no path for them to be together now. Like just just because she is alive doesn't mean they're they're gonna hook up. It's it's over and it's done and she's moving on. And I would I I would agree with that because I think if I were to mine for a theme, it's it, your actions define who you are. It's very much like a Batman Begins, yeah. uh, not who you are underneath kind of deal. 
And then uh, after her scene of her on the the ship, we see just Batman swinging action at the the bat signal. Yeah. Job Actually, must after be... that scene cuts with her, she is scolded and slapped by Katie Holmes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a look at the Narrows. I'm going to take you to the shitty side of town here. Look! She does this every week with somebody. She drives them to the shitty side of town. Oh, Rachel's back. Oh, great. Oh, God. Uh, hey, can you ask Rachel to bring me, uh, bring me a pack of cigarettes tomorrow when she comes by with the next guy? <laughs> and a new coat. Yeah. <laughs> um, was there supposed to be a sequel or just one and done for Andrea, for Phantasm? All that. I think it's, I mean, who knows? I can't remember offhand if mm-hmm. Bruce, Tim, or anybody ever answered the question of whether or not they thought they would do a sequel to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know they the next feature film they did was Sub-Zero, but they never did anything like this theatrically again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if maybe this had been successful, if they would have followed up on this specific story, or if they would have just done another standalone. Okay. Right, yeah, and some of the blame for the lack of success for this movie can be put on Warner Brothers because originally this was going to be just like a made-for-video straight-to-DVD straight-to-video movie yeah, and then uh-huh. they were like eh, throw it in the theaters it's like Hocus Pocus they're like no, no, no we'll give you a little bit more money and make it into a movie movie uh, is that Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus oh. was supposed to be like a made-for-TV movie and then Disney was just like eh, here's some more money go ahead go make it a real movie okay <clears throat> well but apparently everybody loves Hocus Pocus so. yeah my wife certainly does I, I for me I'm just like the, the amount of virgin talk in a Disney movie it makes me uncomfortable it's too fucky for Jerry yeah. <laughs> too anti fucky for, for me. I guess I'm. Uh, I think I'm indifferent on Hocus Pocus. I don't mind it, but I don't. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Either. Yeah, if I'm watching an, uh, a Halloween movie, it's going to be Adam's Family, though. You know. So we're going to get into our Hocus Pocus episode now. Here. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> we're gonna go so right into Hocus Pocus. <laughs> opening scene. Uh, Salem. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know. Go off brand for you guys. Is it under ninety minutes? I hope it, is. <laughs> it is off brand. Yeah, I don't uh, know. we can't I think, do it. We I, can't do it. I don't remember. I don't I'm pretty it sure is. it is over. I but, think so. But thank you so much, Sean, for being on the show. This is really cool to have you on here. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. it. Um, um, from someone of your stature, a, a bat expert, uh, it really means a lot to talk about this movie with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm, it's uh, this was fun. I really enjoyed uh, really enjoyed doing. It. I mean, I love this movie. I still watch it every now and again. Like I'm happy that it finally came out on Blu-ray, right? As like 4K mm-hmm. became a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching. I gotta admit, I was watching it in the reflection of the background of your video because <laughs> I saw you had it on. Yeah, I figured it would be easier to play. I actually watched it again before we started recording, and then I just let it loop and like play again while we were uh, while we were doing the show, but. Yeah, no, I, I love this one. It's always fun to talk about it because I don't. I, I remember for so long this was everybody's favorite Batman movie. This was the answer you would give. What's the best Batman movie? We couldn't pick the Burton or Schumacher oh, yeah. movies, and then Nolan changed all that. But well, some people will still go back to uh, to Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy enough to think that this is better than Nolan's movies, but not that it's crazy to think that. But yeah, I'm still. I think no one finally made something in live action that was worthy of this or maybe even a little bit better than this but this one's this one's pretty great right yeah absolutely i would agree i'm with you Mm -hmm. um so that is batman mask of the phantasm from 1993 at 76 minutes now here's one question we do like to ask uh, of ourselves or we like to ask among ourselves at the end of this is uh how long does the movie feel for you did it breeze was it a slog i think you know i think i know your answer Uh, it's it's not a breeze. I mean, oh. like, I, I'm always surprised that this movie is only 76 minutes. 
not because it feels long in a bad way, but just because I don't normally associate 76 minutes with a feature film. Yeah. And so that's still, despite only being 76 minutes, this still feels like a, a much longer, more cinematic and, and bigger movie. Uh, it doesn't just feel like a quick animated film. Yeah, no, 100%. I was watching this movie and I, I literally had to check the time stamp at one point. I was like, there's actually 20 minutes left in this movie. Like, mm -hmm. it feels like we've been going on for an hour and a half. And it, like, in a good way. It's so densely packed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a much fuller experience than 76 minutes sounds. And a mystery that lends yeah. itself to a, a movie. I think that's another thing that edges it out it's like from being a, an episode. is It has a really compelling mystery to it. And, uh... Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I just, maybe not quite as much as the diehards, but if you are a diehard, like, this is a really good Batman movie because the character building is just uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is it for us this week. Don't forget you can always email us at 90under90 at gmail.com and you can find us on Twitter at 90under90. Uh, Sean, why don't you let them know where they can find you if uh, they are so inclined. Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. Sean spelled S-E-A-N. You can hear me on the Marvel Studios News podcast with my buddy Paul Herman. Uh, you can find us on Twitter there at Marvel Newscast. And then you can find me on the YouTube channel called Superhero News. So YouTube.com slash Superhero News. All righty. Well, that is where you can find him. And that is it for us this week. And until next time, I am Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Sean Gerber. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Yeah.